Welcome to The Breadwinners, the podcast about the never-ending hustle and its impact on all aspects of our lives. We're interested in what it takes to keep everything going. I'm Jennifer Owens. I write about working, wellness, and women, and founded the Working Mother Research Institute. And most days, I'm joined by my co-host, Raquel Ellison. On this episode of The Breadwinners, I'm joined by Christy Cunningham, Chief Marketing Officer for Bright Horizons, the leading global education and care company offering childcare, family support solutions, and workforce education used by literally the world's top employers. Before joining Bright Horizons, Christy led strategy and insights at McDonald's Corporate, served as chief marketing officer at Hess Retail, and served 13 years as a partner in the retail and consumer practice at Bain & Company. Today, her responsibilities at Bright Horizons, which are legion, include overseeing its annual Modern Family Index, which is one of truly my favorite working family research reports. So I'm very excited to talk about it today. Welcome, Christy. Excellent. Thank you, Jennifer. It's great to be here. Well, so at the Breadwinners, we often start with a stat and, you know, we it's a talking point and you've got a heap of fresh findings to share. So I thought to kind of ground us, you know, people know Bright Horizons as a childcare, you know, that's if you're working at a big employer, Bright Horizons is ah, what, like 99 times going to be your childcare provider. <laughs> But I don't know if they know you as like the as doing this research report. So what's the origin story of the Modern Family Index? Yeah, so the Modern Family Index has been around for seven years, and it's really our opportunity to take a pulse on working parents. Our, our focus is working parents always and how we support them. And the, the research is really meant to get under what's on their minds right now. And so past surveys have highlighted topics things like the motherhood penalty or burnout for working parents, particularly mothers. And this year, it is a, it's a very interesting twist. It's not just about the parents, as we'll dive into. But the survey is typically about 2,000 working parents with children ages 0 to 18 living in, the, in their home. And we do it in conjunction with Kelton Global. Hmm. Well, and so let's talk about it. Is it safe to say we're we're more stressed than before the pandemic? Is that just a, a safe to say sort of stat? <laughs> I think that is very safe to say. <laughs> okay. It's not just me? Good. <laughs> no, Got it. <laughs> not just you or I. Yeah, I, I think the you know the key theme coming out of the survey this year, which was fielded in February, is that families are just on overload. So it's really around mental load, mental health, and it's not just for parents, but it's importantly for their children as well. And that's a real distinction from how folks were feeling pre-COVID. Clearly, mental health was an important topic pre-COVID, but working from home, caring for children, and in many cases, supporting remote learning, it really proven to just be a challenging combination for families overall. And they can see it every day. You know, that's, I mean, not that you wouldn't see your kid every day, but when you are homeschooling as the mother of two teens, it's a day by day battle for our mental health. It really, you, you feel it every day. It's getting up in the morning, making sure, you know, that they've started their school day, which they're self-directed, they're making it happen. And then worrying about it all day long. I think if like if they went to school, at least you'd feel the tangible nature of having professionals in person with them, teaching them. And this seems much more in my face, my worry about their mental health. Yeah, it is definitely a 24-7. Yeah. 
I agree. I have teen daughters. And, uh, you know, if eighth grade and 10th grade weren't challenging enough to navigate, yeah. you know, throw in social isolation, a hybrid learning model, and it really right. the, the game and the stress. And, and to be honest, I actually feel like it's been easier on me with teenagers than some of my colleagues oh, right. much younger and really trying to both parent, teach and work that price yeah. is, a, is a great challenge. Oh, yeah. That we don't have to sit with our child while they actually do, you know, like art class. I know that Raquel has, uh, she has younger children. And especially at the beginning of all this, that's what she did. You know, like you're actually sitting there in class with your child on the couch, (laughs) you know. So, yes, I blessings upon us that our kids know how to operate the computer. (laughs) Although I've probably done more Khan Academies in the last year. (laughs) I could imagine. Well, it is a thing that well. And so Khan Academy, because that's where um, I'll admit one of my children is having a little trouble with math and Spanish. I think the workload is getting tougher as, you know, that as it naturally does. And I am worried, and that's, I know that's in the, in the report too, about what they're learning. Cause I, my teens will say, especially my younger one, he's a freshman in high school. I don't know what I'm learning. Like he feels, he feels like this whole thought of like the milestones. Yeah. I worry about that give you a couple stats from the survey. So without childcare or in-person schooling, 69% of parents are somewhat or really concerned about their children not being able to hit those developmental milestones. The biggest one is the social and emotional milestone, but communication, cognitive, physical development, you know, those those follow from there as well. But that social, emotional, being able... Let's face it, children are are naturally social creatures. And so not being around others and feeling that sense of isolation, you know, I think is certainly a concern that most parents have shared. Oh, how could you not? I think that's completely understandable. When you think back to your kids when they were, oh, there was a moment from the migration from fourth to fifth grade where friendships change, they change. And um, there was a lot of tears with our daughter, you know, like of friendship alignments changing. And the fifth grade teacher said to us, this is very common. You know, like this is exactly where alignments change and everything's changing in fifth grade. And to do that and do it all online. It's funny you mention that because it's not just the social isolation of the children, but the parents. So take a, you know, we have, we have a lot of newborn and first time moms and they really rely on that community, whether it's other parents or their teachers to hear about what comes next and how to understand milestones. And so I I think that has also been to have not been in a, in a childcare or a, you know, a school setting. That is so true with my, I am still, who are my best parent friends, but the parents I met at daycare with baby number one, and then we all ended up having baby number two around the same time. So that we had kind of, you know, match set kids, but it was going to the childcare center to pick up kids after work. You know, when you have those little like shared moments and then you'd make play dates because we were all living the same life of the working moms together. And sometimes you talk to the working dads too, but you know, you want to talk to fellow working moms and that socialization. I still tap that. Now we're looking at colleges together. Right. 
Yep, it's it's definitely an important part. I think I think the good news is, and certainly uh, something we believe strongly, in that children are, especially young children, are very resilient. And so while they have been burdened, if you will, with more what I would call adult concerns, yeah, worrying about social distancing or or potentially you know getting sick. There's a there's also a whole set of skills and coping skills that they have learned through this that will serve them well. And so, uh, you know, I do think that, that getting back to and getting into those social situations are important for kids, but there's a great resilience there. And, you know, and I think something like the Modern Family Index in surveying parents, there's a connectivity that happens by saying, you know, that feeling of worry that you have, that you're you're sitting on, you're concerned, you're not alone. I've always believed in the value of that. I, that, yeah. I think being able to say that, you know, a lot of working parents are really worried about the academics right now. Really good, because I am too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In particular, it's interesting working parents of school age, 30% of them are really worried about their children falling behind academically. And that increases. 74% of parents of high school students are really concerned that their children are not prepared for the college admissions process. And so I will tell you, our, our college coach advising business has never been busier as parents are really trying to, parents of high schoolers in particular, understand this whole new process and what it means to not have standardized tests or, or to select a school when you can't actually visit it. So the advice from sort of former admissions and financial counselors has been incredibly valuable. Oh, I can only imagine because we are in a moment of transition. And yes, you do need, you need a Sherpa to handle all the new changes because yes, because test optional, what does that really mean if you have a test? And all, yes, uh, it, can you tell that I have a college <laughs> or a high school senior who just yep. went through the process? Yes, you are. Uh, it's very good to just have that insight because FAFSA is, is you know, the, the common app and all that sort of jazz. Those fields are really e easy to fill out once you've gathered all the information, but how to present yourself, what to expect. Yes, I could <laughs> get the coaching people. That's all I can say. Well, and, and it's interesting. The survey highlights that parents are not just concerned with the sort of immediate effects, but they also raise concerns about negative effects that could be long term. So primarily on academic progress, about 43% there, social and emotional development, 42%. And so there's sort of that balance of, okay, I understand the short-term impact right now, but are there longer yes. consequences? Yes. So when you see those kind of numbers, so then what? how is Bright Horizons thinking about it when you're looking at, at these, these your, the parents saying, these are what we're worried about? Yeah, I think what we have always taken our lead from the clients that we serve and really trying to help support their client employee workforce. Yeah. And I will say, you know, it, I, I've seen clients really stepping up over the last year plus. And the survey actually highlights that, which I think is encouraging that during the pandemic, most parents say that their employers have understood their needs and yeah. they're sympathetic to their situation. So over 80%, over eight and 10 have said that, which I think is really encouraging that the employer-employee relationship has really changed and their employee expectations. I think that the good news is 
employees have felt very supported. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the bad news for employers is their expectations have really increased and remain high. So we've seen employers stepping in in different ways to support things like virtual tutoring, as an example. Oh, really? Leaning in on childcare and emergency backup care in, in new and different ways. You know, that's interesting because we hear a lot about that this is, for those of us who were able to work from home, Raquel talked a lot about this, about we're a little bit more authentic on all those Zoom calls. You know, like literally my cat will walk past (laughs) or, you know, my husband's going behind me into the kitchen to get a snack or, you know, (laughs) I do... I do have children who are doing off-camera school in like their PJs and I'll say I'm on camera and, uh, you know, deal with that information as you will as you walk past me. So, but that means that the team sees a kid walking past or the like. So it's that the myth of the perfect employee continues to get chipped away, you know, that like we have complicated lives. So Now we're kind of saying, okay, employers, you saw my complicated life. You saw I have needs. You know, how can you help? (laughs) Yeah. And I think, you know, it speaks well to the idea of bring your authentic self to work. Yeah. (laughs) Right. You have no choice. But I do see employers really stepping up on both the mental health dimensions and and support there, as well as back to, again, I'm, I'm grateful my kids are teenagers and they weren't young kids during this time period because that childcare aspect of it is so important, whether you're in the office or you're at home, it's really hard to function without that option. And so for sure, yeah, you know, employers adding emergency backup care days or allowing those days to be used for virtual tutoring if your children are older and you, 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 that is your stress point or your disruptor. We even had some clients set up emergency child care center. Broad Institute's a great example of they set up an emergency child care center so that their employees could continue to work on the, the really important research work that they do. Wow. So stepping in yep. in different ways to, to help parents through it. Well, like flexible child care, right? That they needed a certain skill or a certain service and other parents are going to need other kind of takes on child care or mental health supports or workplace education, like all of that, which leads me to flexibility. How are the working parents thinking about flexible work? Because I know a lot of companies never thought they could offer remote work, now realize they can there are parents who have worked remotely, maybe not in the way we were thinking, which is everyone go home right now and work full time with your kids there. But now that we have lived through it, what are they saying in terms of how we like remote work, flexible work, all all the likes? Yep. And so 58% of parents who began to work remotely at the beginning of the pandemic would prefer to continue. So these are new Uh, workers. Half of them want their employers to offer some kind of flexible work arrangements. And then you move into things like the supports. 46% hope that their employer will provide some form of child care or emergency child care. One in four or 25% or so are looking for their employer to continue to offer academic and college preparation or tutoring type resources that will help their children. So again, I think the expectations have been raised as as a part of this 
you showed that you could do remote work as an employer and the employee showed they could get their work done. So now what do we do with it? You know, like I, I don't necessarily just want to commute into the city all the time if I don't yeah. have, you know. Yeah, you'll see some, uh, a fair bit of flexibility. It's interesting as more and more folks are getting vaccinated and employers are, you know, trying to help parents get comfortable coming back into the office. So I think the collaboration and 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 just the culture pieces yeah. are important and folks are continuing to seek ways to do that. So I do think there will be a transition. I know a number of our clients have employees coming back into the office yep. over the summer um, and as we move into the fall. So I think we'll see a lot more of that. And hopefully most schools will be in person as we move into the fall as well. My husband will be one of them. He is very psyched to get back, and he likes. He's some. He's. He, I don't know why, but he finds his family highly distracted. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. As we're like running around chasing cats in front of him, and you know, getting snacks, and oh uh, yeah, so a lot of snacks in my family. So <laughs> our our pandemic rule has been snacks. So. Well, which actually, here's an odd segue, is that the that leads to somebody has to decide whether it has to anticipate that there are snacks, go out and buy the snacks, figure out what type of snacks everybody wants, watch that the snacks are running out, all of which is the mental load, which is all the anticipating, the scheduling, pre- preparing that goes into making sure there are snacks in the kitchen for teenagers and everyone else. So I know you've focused on the mental load in the past, but what's happening in past iterations of the index, yes. what's happening now? Yeah, absolutely. The um, nine and 10 parents are worried about their own mental load and their stress. Yes. <laughs> can I add, can I be the 10th parent who's worried about their own mental load? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it really, you know, I think working moms have historically yeah. more of the burden and, and the data would suggest that while dads have also stepped up or partners uh, combination have stepped up across the board, working moms are taking on more of the increased household chores than working dads, 85 to 79% as an example. Not huge swings, but still yeah. differentiated. Uh, well, how, f- how much more worried about our mental load can we be when we're already taking on? <laughs> you, know, you can't double what is already in the high percentage. <laughs> yep. So I'm 150% worried about my own mental load. <laughs> so as you think about work life, just being home life being upended and the disproportionate impact on women, it's again, it's the mental load on the parents, but 28% admit that concerns about their family dynamic and mental load outweigh everything else. So outweigh worrying about financial concerns or yep. getting sick or, you know, pick your favorite topic. So that's, that just shows how, prevalent it is across the board. And yes, because I know you guys have a stat about 79% of working parents are worried about their children's view of what a healthy childhood should be. I mean, when you're that worried, I mean, that that's very meta. You know, yeah. you're thinking yeah. ahead and you're thinking about their interpretation and you're thinking that'll weigh you down. That'll fill your whole night. That, that will keep you up at night is thinking, worrying about your child's view of a healthy childhood should have been that you're not providing. I mean, you just think of all the chapters. You're going to stay awake late at night thinking about that. Yes. And I think that's, that's right. What we see is 
parents are worried about just getting their children back to socializing with others back in school, even putting that well ahead of their own needs for, for their own yeah. socialization. Yeah, I my uh, daughter, the senior, goes to school a half day in person class, and I just feel my I am so happier, much so much happier when that day happens because I know she's left the house. I know she's talked to some girlfriends. I know she's you know seen it. Like I just I like I feel relief. That whole point that we're we're thinking about the family's concern and the dynamic on top of everything else is that I have small relief on Wednesday mornings because I know well, one child is out there, you know, like being in the world yeah. <laughs> safely. I think it's, it's true. I Both feel it. My kids have, um, are, are back in school now full time. <gasps> I'm really? in my office at work right now. There's a normalcy that feels like it is, it is approaching, if not just around the corner. Well, it really is. Um, it's the promise it's the the unspoken promise that we will have school and childcare, like talented experts to help with our kids. And that when that got taken away because of the pandemic, when we all had to retreat to home, boy, you really feel the loss of it. That Because how do you do everything you need to get done in your life? And without the support of having great childcare in any form, education, care, healthcare, all, all the like. It's just, boy, I, it's just, I'm very happy to hear that things are coming back online, that there is good childcare available. <laughs> I guess that's what I'm saying. Do you want two teens? Because I have kids. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I mean, the the upside is, you know, I, I feel like we have always felt our work at Bright Horizons has been incredibly important, but I do think the pandemic has shown a spotlight on the supports for working parents are yeah. just so critical, whether it's childcare or education for school-agers. It's never been more prominent. Well, and man, for everyone who is listening to these stats, I guess I think my one thought to say is that it's you are not alone. These stresses you have, like if you could unhook one little stress to say it's not just you, you know, we're all feeling it. Because if you're like me, you see all those headlines of like, uh, oh, it's so awful for working moms. It's so it's just, and I can't read those stories because I'm living it. But this is a small <laughs> little zone that says, "Yep, it is. It's tough, and we feel it. And we're going to slowly come back online. Facilities like Bright Horizons are going to be there. The schools are going to be there. It's going to be, and we're going to shepherd our kids because that's what it all comes down to, right? I, we're all worried once we get our kids back on the path. I think your numbers tell us we'll feel a little bit of relief. We'll go back to just being the stressed parents trying to prepare for the kid's birthday. Exactly. You know? Normal stress. Normal but stress. The, you know, the word that just pops into my mind over and over is resilience. Yeah. For our children and for ourselves. So uh, we're getting there. We're getting there. Well, thank you for joining us on The Breadwinners to bring glad tidings of our stress. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me. My pleasure. Our guest today was Christy Cunningham of Bright Horizons. You will find links to what we discussed in the episode description. Email us anytime at thebreadwinnerspod at gmail.com or visit us at thebreadwinnerspodcast.com. Please remember to subscribe and to rate and review. It really helps us grow. And until next week, keep hustling.
This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's voices amplified.